And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Joel, and joining me as always is my partner in comic book crime, it's Matt. Hi everyone, how are you going, Joel, in weird time saver world? <laughs> I, uh, I know what it feels like to be Booster Gold today, actually, because time is wrong, an hour was stolen from us, and I've been <laughs> taking all day to recover also, it's a little later than we normally do the show, because I had to go see the late show of Captain Marvel so we could talk about this, and I only did that because I missed the matinee because uh, I woke up and was very sleepy because I lost an hour, and I'm like, well, this isn't happening. <laughs> but hey, I did get to wear my Captain Marvel shirt there, so I felt very good about that. Awesome. Nowhere here that I could find do Captain Marvel shirts for men. It's all like female stuff. And I understand that, but yeah. I'm like, I want a Captain Marvel shirt. It's funny. You know what? I actually felt the most jealous I think I ever have for a piece of merch. I don't know if it was her universe that had it or uh, Ripple Junction. Maybe it was Hot Topic, but they had Carol Danvers' flight jacket with all the patches and everything on it. Oh, nice. And it was, like, reasonably affordable, and I'm like, oh, they only have it in women's cuts, though, so it would, like, come up to, like, here on me, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, oh, that's a shame, that looks great. Speaking of great, did you see, as the tracksuit aficionado that I am, did you see the custom-made Captain Marvel tracksuit <laughs> that Brie Larson was wearing around, just jumping in on people for random screenings? I did see that. I did, yes. I, and I, I did think, like, oh, Joel will like that. He, he's, he likes his tracksuits. Boy, do I. Apparently a company <laughs> called Juicy Couture made them. And yes, sadly, it was a custom job. And yes, sadly, it's only for women. But man, I'm, I'm not saying I'd be willing to plunk down some money for one of my own. But I'd be willing to plunk down some money for one of my <laughs> own. <laughs> Again, I, I just really respected the energy of that one where it's like, yeah, you know, just going to random screenings with nerds while wearing your custom tracksuit if i if i had the power to do that i would this is what this whole podcast enterprise is eventually leading towards brie larson <laughs> is living my dream this is what it's built towards <laughs> this is what it's built towards oh yeah but uh, yes if you couldn't tell everyone this is going to be a captain marvel heavy episode matt and i have both seen the movie we're going to be discussing it uh in a little bit we actually do have some news to cover but hilariously the first piece of news actually is captain marvel adjacent wouldn't wouldn't you believe that matt <laughs> Yeah, uh, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. And that piece of news is that Captain Marvel ended up being a huge hit at the box office. Earlier today, it was reported that uh, it was the second biggest opening of any Marvel comic book movie right next to Black Panther. But we're recording this later at night now, and that news has changed. Apparently, it's moved all the way up to number one now. Yeah, it is. It's already at like like from these like early screenings and stuff. It's at like 400 odd million like like worldwide apparently apparently china loved it apparently china oh, is yeah. all in on captain marvel and you know hey just despite what many angry tweets and ranty videos <laughs> on the internet would tell you uh apparently people love captain marvel so sorry man baby contingent i bet if you just wrote one more threatening tweet i bet it wouldn't have broken that yeah, but just, you just you dropped just the ball one more <laughs> you, you dropped the ball i'm sorry a vagina person stole your ice cream better luck next time <laughs> Actually, no, no better luck next time. Fuck you. <laughs> let's let's not do this again when Eternals comes out and they have a gay hero. Let's not do this again, please. Oh, they're gonna do. They're gonna. Oh, they're of gonna do it. Oh, of course they, they will. 
But uh, yeah, that was the big news for Captain Marvel. Again, hey, breaking records. This this is so crazy with the Marvel machine as it stands right now. Their only real competition are the other movies in the Marvel canon. Yeah, themselves. And maybe Star Wars, which again is technically themselves too because it's also Disney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so nuts. But uh, hey, our next piece of news actually doesn't have anything to do with Captain Marvel. We're actually heading on over to the CWDC universe. Today, the news was made official, and that is that Arrow will finish with eight seasons. Yeah, that that's both surprising and like, yeah, I kind of get it after the end of the uh, last uh, crossover. They they couldn't have foreshadowed that harder. They were literally they were literally pointing to the sign and being like, "Hey, we're probably done <laughs> after this." And you know what? Good on them for going out under their own power. I'm sure Stephen Amell wants yeah. to do other things. He you know seems to be an eclectic performer with a lot of interests. Uh, I, I I don't know if he likes uh, living and working in Vancouver or if he doesn't. I know some actors have a real problem <laughs> with that when they have to live somewhere else for working. That's why uh, all those yeah. guys quit Lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, hey, good on him. I might not have liked Arrow, but I respect Amel as a human being. I respect what they created as a launching pad, because if we didn't have Arrow, we wouldn't have had The Flash I enjoyed so much, and we wouldn't have had Legends of Tomorrow, and we wouldn't have Mm -hmm. had the great crossover. So you know what? All in all, it was worth it. Yeah, it built off all these great shows, and yeah, as you said, they're going out on their own terms, obviously to do with this whole Crisis on the Infinite Earths that is airing sometime this year yeah i can i can see the image right now it's the great image of uh superman holding supergirl and she's dead only now it's barry holding uh ollie (laughs) that'd be pretty cool mark my words that's gonna be the image (laughs) i feel that's how it's gonna be yeah yeah or it could be supergirl holding ollie there if they wanted to really you know flip the script on that one yeah that's true they could do that or they have superman so it could be superman holding him too why not yeah. If they really want to go all the way on recreating that image. Ooh, speaking of Superman, this uh this wasn't on the on the list, but I thought this was something you would probably be interested in talking about. Yo, we got to see John Cryer as Lex in a trailer. Yeah, and it uh he, he looks like Professor X. <laughs> yeah, boy does he ever. Cuz he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, he he looks pretty cool and uh, I'm I'm liking like what I'm liking the story they are doing with with uh his sister and everything in the supergirl show more than the actual main storyline of the supergirl show um because the main storyline is just fucking ripping off superman versus the elite but doing it like really shittily um yeah they had the big elite fight last last episode and it was it was really poor really really poor (laughs) that's that that seems Um, like supergirl in a nutshell when it gets things good it's so damn good but when it gets things bad it's like why does red tornado look like that (laughs) Well, I don't know why they keep ripping off Superman storylines. Like, Supergirl has her own had her own comic. She's had multiple comics. She's had Indeed. multiple big stories. Just do them. It's it's like why why did Arrow have to keep ripping off yeah, Batman exactly. stories forever? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, you know, with Arrow coming to an end, maybe uh, maybe we can actually get a more uh, honest to uh, the source material show. But uh, yeah, Cryer as Lex was interesting because I know a lot of people, us included, had been a little skeptical about it. But to actually hear him talk and see him emote and move mm. around, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, he's really embodying the pettiness of Lex Luthor. The, you know, I I yeah. should be the Superman. You know, I should be the man of tomorrow. And like, you know, this rings a little bit more true because you're kind of like a little like laughing at him to where it's like, come on, really, John Cryer? You think you're the man of tomorrow? Oh my God, you do. Yeah, it's it's like 
what Jesse Eisenberg should have done. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 because it's sort of the same thing. Like, really, John Cryer, that guy from Two and a Half Men, mm-hmm. and it's like, whoa, wow, he's actually like really good and everything. And it's exactly the same with what is what Jesse Eisenberg should have been. He's that comedy actor, that awkward teen comedy actor. Yeah. yeah. To uh, to bring it back to something we said before in casting Batman, which some fans were nice enough to drop some fan art for this. You, you, you know how John Cryer works? Because he's got the darkness, Matt. He had the darkness in him and he brought it up to be Lex. <laughs> Lots of comedians have the darkness in them. That's why they're funny. But, you know, when you turn it the other way, it's like how Robin Williams was really creepy when he played villains and bad guys because he had the darkness. <laughs> That's what you gotta do. You gotta find the darkness. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think we have our next comic multiverse shirt, Matt. Do you have the darkness? <laughs> well, do you? <laughs> oh, ooh, speaking of T Public, actually, uh, after years of me being on there and not really uh, pimping them out or anything, they actually extended me the deal. They extend a lot of people, and that is to create a storefront. So instead of just selling your own shirts. You can sell other shirts made by other people that you like and get a oh, commission. Nice. So I have that now. I'll I gotta update that in the link description down below. But yeah, I put some great shirts in there: superhero ones, Dungeons and Dragons ones, video game ones, wrestling ones. Just shirts I really like and I would own, and obviously uh, ones that Matt has made, and you know ones of logos that I've done and everything. So there's that, everyone. If you want to support the show, that's another way you can do it. Awesome. I actually just sold something as well, like recently as well, uh, which is like the first thing I've sold in like a long time. They're like, you just sold this and it's going to give you this amount of money, but but you don't get it yet because you no. haven't met the quota. No, it's a nice feeling. I actually checked my quota. The comic multiverse at, as it stands right now has something like $38.66. <laughs> in the thing and i and here's the thing i know at least half of that is my own money that i've put into it when i needed <laughs> yep. merch to go to conventions so you know if people want to buy some shirts so we can meet the hundred dollars so i can get some of that back that'd be nice <laughs> either that or i'm just gonna have to keep pumping my own money into it until i can get some back <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's that an option for you there, everyone. But yeah, that that was the Arrow news. That was the CW news. I uh, thought that would be interesting. We're we're heading into some fun times with the CW. They've officially yeah. been on for so long now. They're going to have to decide what the next chapter is going to look like because Arrow's coming to an end. A bunch of the Flash actors are apparently yeah. leaving soon. Yeah. Yeah, that, that looks like it, it could either end or, like, the status quo will somehow change. Which I hope they do, because I think, you know, Grant Gustin is strong enough, and I think his Flash is strong enough that it could maintain. I hope that they really live up to this crisis thing, and they take a page from the comics and be like, all right, Barry is still Flash, but the entire world around him has changed. It's a soft reboot. Well, there, there was... I don't know whether it was for these shows or whether for the, the app shows, but... Um, there was talk of like Wally West coming in. I know there was mm. one something for like the Star Girl show, but there was something else as well, like Wally West, but like the the like Rebirth Wally West, right? The redheaded Wally. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, n- normally I'd complain about and be like, oh hey, you know, way to w- way to steal a role from a hardworking African American actor, but then it's like, oh well, he's. He seems to either not want to do it or not be in the right headspace. <laughs> so all right, yeah. sure, cast another guy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. They and they tried so hard by the looks of it. They moved him from show to show and then they just stopped calling him. 
Yeah, yeah, or he stopped calling them or something. It, I think it really blew, uh, you know boiled down to an actor problem. But uh, yeah, uh, I, it would be interesting because like the status quo they've built on the Flash show is not like the status quo in any Flash comics we've seen. He never really no. worked for Star Labs. He never really had a team, let alone Vibe and Killer Frost and everything else. So you could change it up. Like you could maybe maybe make it more of a cop show now. Maybe spend more time mm. with Barry the detective. Maybe actually have him go into work every so often. Yeah, yeah, well, I think that was, that was that's kind of like a holdover from like, like like they needed like some sort of procedural mm. sort of thing as yeah. well as like a holdover from Arrow because Arrow had that team as well. They're yeah. like, oh, we'll just copy and paste that. And I do like in in recent years they have made fun of that that fact that like. Yeah. Oh, Flash is just copying Arrow. <laughs> yeah. Also, hey, too, if you do soft reboot the universe, can uh, c- 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 can we get uh, Captain Cold back or a new version of Captain Cold, please? I would like that. Can, can we get, like, all of Flash's rogues back, please? Can, can I'd we... like to see, see Heatwave back as a villain. Yeah. Can just we... keep McCrory there. <laughs> can, can we have the rogues rebel? I feel that's the biggest missed opportunity of the Flash show, and that is their version of Captain Cold was too good and too mm-hmm. popular that they turned him into a good guy too quickly and wrote mm-hmm. him off and we never got Rogue's Rebellion. Not only that, like every like alternate one we've had has been of hero as well. They've yes. not like the one from Earth X was a hero. Mm-hmm. Uh they did like another one who was kind of bad guy but then s- still a hero as yeah. well. Yeah, even when we've done like time travel, time displaced versions, yeah, they yeah. still ended up being good in the end. Yeah, and, and I get it. You want to like Captain Cold? He's a fun character, but still, you know, let him let him be a villain, Dag <laughs> Dag Nabbit. Yeah, you can you can like him and still have him be a villain. Exactly. Which again, that's a hard villain to write, but I trust you. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what else did we have here? Ooh, some James Gunn Suicide Squad uh, centric news here. There's some words on some characters that they might be getting into this one, and also what era of Suicide Squad that's going to be inspiring the story. And uh, uh, wait for it, Matt. This might be surprising, but uh, instead of using the Flash in the Pan New Fifty Two version that the David Ayer movie did, <laughs> uh, James Gunn, you know, quite you know, quite outside the boxedly, uh, might be looking to the '80s Ostrander stories for inspiration. Uh, A.K.A. you know the best years of the book the one everyone knows and refers to or at least should know and refer to what a what a novel concept matt to use the best versions not the most current it's never been done before he's breaking new ground it broke new ground (laughs) what using good stories to inspire yourself holy shit No, but that sounds great, and it should. And there was like talks of some characters that they might be getting involved in this one. Uh, they they've recast Deadshot. It's going to be Idris Elba. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I'm okay with. They probably should have been Idris Elba to begin with. What a what, what a come up, guys. What a you know what what a promotion. Not that I didn't not like Will Smith, but I couldn't not see Will Smith in the role. Yeah, that's the problem with Will Smith and his characters. You don't see the character he's playing. You just see Will Smith. <laughs> Idris Elba may continue to act. You know, he might actually be a character. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. And again, I feel too, you know, I feel feel they got Idris Elba because I'm sure he wanted to work with Gunn. I'm sure that's the only reason he agreed Mm -hmm. to this. Yeah. There's also talk of getting like, you know, uh, like Crazy Quilt or Polka Dot Man or just like just weird (laughs) ones. Yeah. So James Gunn, uh, like 
related characters like he mm. would work with those weird characters and make them cool and, and again you know I, i'm not gonna say who's gonna die first potentially who's gonna be the red shirt of this team but it might be crazy quilt i would actually like if he didn't do that like he uh, he'd be like end. okay everyone already knows who the suicide squad is yet we won't actually kill anyone uh, there's also talk of putting King Shark in here, too, which is funny. King Shark also uh, late addition to the team, yet mm-hmm. the one that I think they're really in love with for whatever reason. He he was more of a New 52 thing, which was actually a weird holdover from Secret Six. People forget that. King Shark was actually a member of the Secret Six first, and he was so popular they rolled him over into New 52 Suicide yeah. Squad. Yeah, yeah, he was recently on The Flash as well. Yes, and uh, also, too, it's re- and that's also why Croc was on... The movie Suicide Squad, because we didn't want to use King Shark, because he was in Flash, and we didn't want to confuse people, so we put a guy <laughs> on the team who's never been on the team before. <laughs> the The weirdest one, and perhaps the most interesting one, is uh, Dave Bautista potentially as Peacemaker. Yeah, yeah, I that that was that was that was weird. Very Dave Bautista's Peacemaker. I accept it though, because hey, I'm sure some people are scratching their heads and being like, "Who the fuck is Peacemaker?" Uh, Peacemaker is a Charlton comic hero, like the Question, mm-hmm. like Nightshade, like Captain Adam. He is the guy that the comedian in Watchmen yep. is based on. Yeah, and his design looks very comedian-like. Very much so, and I appreciate that. Heck, they could put him there as as like a weird little reference within a reference, and then have Dave Bautista killed off in the first five minutes. <laughs> That would be really funny because no one would expect them to kill Dave Batista and then have him show up right. and get shot in the first five minutes. <laughs> Is this the end of Peacemaker? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, Peacemaker, a wonderfully weird character, and I would like to see him in a movie. It's nice to see yeah. that James Gunn has actually read one of these comics once or twice and is not afraid of doing some deep cuts. <laughs> yes, he's actually invested in the source material. He's ain't, a comic fan. Ain't that nice? Uh, did you hear the rumor, too, flying around? That apparently before his very shitty, undeserved firing, apparently he had asked uh, Disney Marvel if he could help uh, develop a Thunderbolts movie. Oh, fuck. We were this close to getting Thunderbolts. Oh, my God. God damn it, fucking Disney. And now he's going to the competition. I hope competition. it fucking costs them that fucking third Guardians film. It, they deserve it. At this point, no one's talking about the third Guardians film anymore. And again, if Batista, we talked about this last week, if Dave Batista feels comfortable enough to go back to wrestling for a good paycheck, yeah. even if it is just a WrestleMania thing in the next couple months, that should tell you how stalled the project is. Yeah. Well, no one no one probably wants it. No, no one obviously wants it anyway because it's just it's fucking AIDS now. And it, even if like someone were to come in and do a really good job, there'd still be that stigma of like, well, we never got a James Gunn we one. We never got the – what would the Gunn version have looked like? Even if they use his script, and you're right, on Twitter, guys like uh, Taika Waititi, guys like uh, Edgar Wright – when they've asked us, like, would you be interested in this? And they're like, no, that's Gunn's project. So again, yeah. directors in Hollywood showing a fair amount of solidarity, which you can kind of respect, because, you know, anyone who takes that movie will be labeled a Brett Ratner-level scab, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, even when they probably come in with, like, the best intentions as well. Yeah, you'll you'll still be a scab at the and, end oh, of the no, day. Oh, no, now Brett Ratner's going to do it. Yo, yo, no. Well, we need a guy to do it on time and under budget. Who's the master of that? <laughs> the Ratner. <laughs> Comes riding on in on a friggin' unicycle. Hey, everyone, it's the Ratner. <laughs> let's, X, let's X3 this. 
<laughs> I'm gonna get handsy with the women. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, see, oh, oh, wouldn't that be fucked? Up? Where it's like, okay, so you you fired a guy for making tasteless jokes ten years ago who was completely innocent, but then you hired Brett Ratner, an actual bad man who's been accused of doing <laughs> real bad things. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. We'll get the other X Men. Oh no, him too! Crap! <laughs> Why do we keep hiring him? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was the news from this week, everyone. Not a heck of a lot, but yeah, we still had some fun conversation. The real, the real meat of this one is Captain Marvel. I just saw it a couple hours ago, so it's all still very fresh in my mind. Well, why don't you tell us what you think? about it i enjoyed it i thought it was pretty good i thought it's on par with most of the marvel phase one movies and i do mean that in a nice way but it felt very marvel phase one it did it felt very very marvel phase one and that's not just not saying just because it was an origin film yeah. but yeah just the way it was made for good or for ill and i mean that into where it's like okay you know what's what's actually at stake doesn't matter that much the villains don't really matter that much because what we're really doing here is a character piece on carol herself (laughs) because you need to like her and feel invested in her because we want to make sequels and we want her to go hang out with the avengers yeah it it does a really good job of that of establishing this is carol danvers this is what she was this is what she is now Mm -hmm. these are her powers these are like what she is basically it checks it checks all the boxes i will say yeah. uh much like doctor strange which i think might be my least favorite marvel movie it's still pretty good but it's probably my <laughs> least favorite it runs into that problem where it's like okay so carol is really only carol is only really captain marvel in the last five minutes yeah, yeah basically yeah she's and even then she's she doesn't actually get called Captain Marvel. No, no, not once in the whole movie. They they joke about it. They actually have a fun in-universe thing where it's like, yeah, how would they arrive at Captain Marvel? And Nick Fury has a fun little song reference. And I'm like, ah, all right, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's a movie of many parts. And again, you know, we talk mm-hmm. about how it feels very much like a phase one origin story. They kind of try and fight that stigma by having the movie told out of order and having a character who can't trust mm-hmm. her own memories and, you know, trying to figure out what's real and what's not. Chances are, if you've seen a movie like this, you'll probably figure it out halfway through, but that doesn't make it any yeah. less entertaining. That being said, they did throw some fairly interesting uh, little wrenches into the origin. And again, this is a spoiler cast, everyone, so if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want things spoiled, uh, leave now. What they actually end up doing with Captain Marvel, I thought, was pretty damn unexpected. It, it was pretty un- unexpected, and as well as like making people so so angry they've done it in a way that like oh if we want actual captain marvel from the com like the one from the comics they can still have them they could they they, they do some interesting stuff with that it's it's funny because obviously you know that they, they did a good job tricking fans like us who know the material and know what to look for because it's like hey everyone here's jude law we cast him as captain uh marvel oh cool Ooh, but then a toy came out and kind of spoiled no he's yon rog he's you know one of carol's oldest foes actually and i kept <laughs> waiting for that moment but i'm like hey he doesn't introduce himself for a good chunk of the movie yeah, hey, yeah. what's going on and then to eventually find out oh no no, this lady Annette Benning was actually Marvel, and then oh, he was younger. Oh, okay. I I thought we were gonna learn that like he was Marvel, but what what happened was that Yon Rog was he was 
young rogue but young rogue was a scroll right or something like that yeah i i I kept waiting for that moment too i'm like no 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 okay well one of you is not who you're saying you are i kept waiting for that moment too they also kind of switch up the origin too where obviously it's not that you know a a blast of energy goes through uh marvellon and prints itself on carol instead they have this whole warp drive engine thing which is cool because yeah you know we're years in the past now so technology's not quite where it is at guardians of the Mm -hmm. galaxy yet yeah yeah so yeah they're they're just starting to like develop these warp drives and stuff and yeah i did find it weird that she was developing it on earth yeah, like, of all, all places. places. Like, why would you? Why wouldn't you go to like like Xandar or something? Yeah, when you want to do it. Well, as we find out in this movie, you know the Kree are actually not too beloved, which is fun because again, in Guardians, they're kind of played, you know, sort of, you know, uh, nebulous as to whether they're good or bad. Obviously, Ronan the Accuser was bad, but he's been ousted by his society. They claim, you know, he's a terrorist and a radical here. This movie reminds you, the Kree are still an empire at the end of the day, and there are rarely ever any good empires in fiction ever. They get up to some bad shit, and in fact, uh, much like in the original Kree-Skrull war storyline from the comics, we discover, oh yeah, the Kree were actually the bad guys they started this. Which I thought was fairly interesting. like oh the Kree aren't so bad they're like they've got this police force that's sort of patrolling the galaxy and everything and helping people and everything oh yeah the scrolls are the bad guys and everything and then they sort of flip that halfway through the film they do in a very interesting way which man here give this movie credit not even the comics have gone that far in trying to sympathize Mm -hmm. and humanize the scroll there's maybe one good scroll and that's hulkling and every other time they're painted as wholly evil there was a team called the scroll kill crew where all they were was to murder scrolls and to see kind of you know the analogy evolve of being like oh they're invasion of the body snatchers they're the red tear to being like no they're a bunch of misunderstood refugees they just happen to look like monsters yeah yeah they they, like no one listens to them because they are are natural like like infiltrators and everyone no no one like trusts them or anything because of that Mm. and and that's led to them being like like having like a genocide committed against him by the Kree. Yeah. Again, more more actual work put into making the scrolls, you know, sympathetic and relatable than the comics have done in decades. And I think we kind of called this too, where it's like, now there's no way a movie writer is gonna write the scrolls in and just have them be the scrolls. Surely there will be a mm-hmm. twist in here about who they are and what they want. Yeah, well the thing is I think they they could have done that and they could have been just generic green bad guys mm. who change and yeah maybe maybe at one point they were and they thought no let's let's do something different let's do something new with them and something unexpected and it works yeah and again it's something the movies can say they did first yeah 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 i wonder i wonder if we'll see this extend to the comics now i know i haven't read that uh, we are the scrolls yet but i wonder are they going to be moving the scrolls in a kinder gentler Mm. direction now i have a feeling maybe i have a feeling yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Again, if we're talking about the scrolls, we gotta give credit to Mendelssohn on this one, who steals oh. damn near every scene he's in. I, I said, like, when I first saw the film, I said, Talos was the best Marvel character, like, so far in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, he's so good in that. I love him so much. It probably helps that he's Australian, too, and that he uses his accent. I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> he uses his accent when he's in his regular scroll form, but he does his American accent when he's transformed. 
<laughs> I, I like that a lot. I like that he actually used his, his Australian accent because he, he barely gets a chance to use it. It's true. And, and, and what part of the Skrull Empire are you from, Spice Skrull Australia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, he adds, again, he, he's a villain. Well, he's not the villain by the end of the movie, as we discover. But w- when he is playing the villain, you could complain that he was underwritten. But he finds all these little moments to add characterization. Like when they're dissecting yeah. one of his buddies and he actually gets kind of sad and upset and everything. And like he comes down a little bit. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's a lot of depth to be given to this character. And then even later when they have that hostage situation... He's acting not like a world-conquering bad guy, but more like an over-exasperated middle manager. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked as well that like he was he was so casual about it. Like he wasn't doing like mm-hmm. like just compare him to like Ronan, who's in yeah. this film, like 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 the grand like like long speeches and stuff about the scroll empire. He was just like really casual, just, you know, standing there in his like suit jacket yeah, he, <laughs> or he, sweater jacket. He, he was at work and I appreciate that. It's like, look, this yeah. is my job. This isn't who I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I clock out like everyone at the end of the day when I'm not on scroll business. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we, we we end up finding he has a family and this deeper connection to Marvel, and it's like, oh wow, that's really that's really unexpected, and a bit of a departure from the Talos from the comics, who the deal was there. He was like the one Skrull who couldn't transform, and because of that, mm-hmm. he chose to become a really great military mind. He's basically a different character, but I'm fine with the change. Yeah, yeah, it gives him a bit more depth. Yeah, it gives him a bit more depth, a bit more complexity. He forms a really interesting relationship with Fury throughout the movie. They almost have their own yeah. little buddy cop moment there. They do. Fury, oh my god, I, I love Sam Jackson in this film. I love that he's finally actually, like, he was basically second lead in this film. Yes, he was. He really is. It's a ro- The whole second act of this movie is a road trip movie between Carol and Fury, and we get to see him as a young agent. He's he's only level three clearance when he shows his badge. He's only <laughs> level three. He's not boss yet. He's riding a desk. You know, he's not an in-the-field guy yet, and we see him slowly, you know, discover the bigger universe that he told Stark about at the end of Iron Man 1. Yeah, he, he learns that there's there's more out there, he, that aliens exist, basically. Yeah, this this is almost every bit as much Fury's origin story as it is Carol's origin story. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it is as well, yeah. And already people are pissed about this, too, online. It's like, he's, he's not as cool anymore. This movie castrated him. I'm like, yeah, he becomes cool later, guy. Yeah. It's an origin. <laughs> this, is, this is before that. This is before he becomes the Fury we see in Winter Soldier and yeah. uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all of that. You don't get to start this off This is what makes that him that. <laughs> and also, two people being like, they, they changed the origin of how he lost his eye. And I'm like, yeah, he's a spy master. They, he lies about didn't... everything. They well, the thing is, they didn't like. He never in the other films. He never. He just said he trusted someone and he lost an eye. Yeah, that that you can't say that's not true about this. <laughs> Technically, he trusted that cat. <laughs> yeah, he trusted the cat and he got hurt by man. How great was that cat too? <laughs> that Flurkin was awesome. <laughs> that was good, and also you know leads to a great joke because Flurkin sounds a little bit like fucking. Yeah, yeah, and they even have like a mother flurkin joke. Yeah, mother flurkin. <laughs> Apparently, that cat was played by four cats. <laughs> it makes sense. Get that the stunt cat, the. The, the body double cat. The <laughs> also, Brie Larson is apparently terribly allergic to cats, so she couldn't be there for the cat scene, or they'd have to use a little puppet for it. 
<laughs> that's awesome. That's funny. Now, oh yeah, you know this the the cat actor and Brie Larson couldn't be in the same room together. <laughs> I wonder why they like. Obviously, they changed its name from the comic, but I'm kind of wondering why because in the comics, its name's Chewy, mm-hmm. and I would think a Marvel movie made by Disney who also owns Star Wars. They, they want, want to, to keep it there. as chewy. No, I understand, like, Goose is, like, a Top Gun reference and everything, but... I guess they wanted to keep it 90s was the thing. I guess so, yeah. They wanted to keep it 90s. Yeah, Chewy would have been funny, but they wanted to keep it 90s. Actually, it's funny. In the movie theater, there was actually a guy behind me who... This is the strangest comment I've ever heard. Oh, why does she have a cat and not a dog? And never more did I want to turn around and say, It's from the comics! <laughs> <laughs> that's why <laughs> maybe she's a cat person yeah maybe she's yeah, a cat person I mean the actress isn't a cat person but that's more <laughs> of an allergy thing but yeah uh, Fury really funny in this again Sam Jackson gets to use every part of his acting range yep. and man that de-aging tech on him and Clark Gregg holy shit well it helps that like like um, on, on Sam Jackson it doesn't really need that much because he still no. looks pretty good no he you, and he's like 70 or something yeah you wouldn't be able to tell sam jackson is 70 that man found the true fountain of youth <laughs> yeah and on some scenes it's noticeable on clark greg a little bit yeah um but yeah he he looks great as well he's not really in the film all that much but it sets up his character for like how yeah. he how fury begins to trust him yeah i'm also surprised too that there uh that there wasn't more clark greg but again it wasn't really his origin story we've gotten mm-hmm. a lot of that fleshed out but it was just it's just nice to see him again in one of these yeah 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 just in yeah just a, a secondary role capacity yeah it's just nice to see him show up in this and the fact that he believes fury's lies front left <laughs> hook line and sinker but you know in the future he'll know that oh yeah fury lies a lot yeah yeah <laughs> i thought that was a nice little touch the fact that he almost called it the protectors initiative <laughs> no, that was pretty cool <laughs> avengers is cooler <laughs> Yeah, I, that, that that was something that like I liked that, but at the same time, like, wait, so like, when did like like Carol like like have her own F thirty five and actually yeah. fly? Because they make a point in the film yeah. to say that like pilot like women pilots weren't allowed to fly. So like, where was that in the film? Like, I, again, you know, this this is how comics and especially how Marvel comics have spoiled us with the sliding time scale, where it's like, when did that happen? A couple years ago. When did that happen? A couple years ago. But when you have a movie so set in the 90s and an actual timeline of events to where it's like, oh yeah, and Tony sold weapons during like Desert Storm 2, you're like, ah, crap, this doesn't quite line up anymore. That, that's what I started picking apart when it came to like we learning that this this uh, hyperdrive tech is being powered by the Tesseract. And in fact, that's how she gets her powers. Like her powers yeah. are, are Space Stone related. Yeah, cosmic. Um, like sh- they shouldn't have the Tesseract. S.H.I.E.L.D. Sh- should have it. Howard Stark should have it. He's alive. You know, he's dead by now. But like S.H.I.E.L.D. should have the Tesseract. <laughs> Uh, well, again, it's like, you know, there's a lot of time that's... Uh, I was trying to figure out this timeline in my head, too, because it's like Captain America and the Red Skull fight over it. It seemingly disappears. Then they get it again. It could easily have gone missing in between those decades at some point. But again, how how Marvel got it? I mean, m- m- maybe that's another movie right there. Well, they All they needed was, like, one little scene where it's like uh, Marvel mentions something about, oh, I got it from my friend Stark or something. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's you know what it reminded me of. It reminded me a lot of that scene in Thor Ragnarok where uh, what is it? Hela finds the fake gauntlet that everyone was obsessing <laughs> over and be like, that didn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted them to be like, that was a fake one. He got a fake one. 
Ooh, ooh, ooh. Or, or maybe in the comics there's multiple cosmic cubes i i saw someone put a theory out that like like the cosmic cube that that uh eventually thanos gets was like a fake quote unquote and just like housing for the actual space stone whereas the one in captain marvel is the real tesseract mm. the real cosmic cube i don't think so but like nah, yeah i don't think so either because they have they haven't made the distinction because again in the comics the tesseract is its own thing you know the mm-hmm. cosmic cube yeah. is its own thing the space stone is its own thing but for co- you know simplicity's sake in the movie they streamlined and they're like nah they're all the same thing yeah but yeah, that's it, that, that's a minor nitpick that we can make because we're fans. It didn't ruin my uh, enjoyment of it. And there's enough leeway to be like, yeah, I'm sure they'll fill that uh, block in later. Yeah. Because they care about these kinds of things. And I'm sure they'll have an offhand line to explain it away. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, let's talk about uh, the supreme intelligence on this one. They went a really interesting route with this character because obviously in the comics, the Kree supreme intelligence is like a big, big green Zordon head in a jar that <laughs> yells orders to the Kree. Yeah, they didn't do that here. They kind of take took a note from the movie Contact, and now it becomes whatever your heart desires. Yeah, which is what leads into like uh, Annette Benning's Captain Marvel because Carol keeps seeing her. Mm-hmm and wondering who she is and doesn't know who she is and thinks it's someone related to her. Uh, Annette Benning is great in this, by the way. She's <laughs> really having fun hamming it up and getting to be evil at the end. <laughs> I, I did think, I did think though, that like that part at the end where, where Carol breaks free from the Supreme Intelligence and it all falls apart, I thought that was when we were going to get to see the real Supreme Me Intelligence. Too. It kind of seemed like maybe there was, maybe they just decided to cut it because maybe they thought people might find it too silly. That it's a, yeah, that, that, that late in the movie. Yeah, I kept waiting that for like the Wizard of Oz moment, like, oh, my yeah, true yeah. form is revealed. Yeah, yeah, but that never happened. But I it, guess it could happen it somewhere. Could. That's something they don't explain where it's like, okay, so like the Kree Empire, obviously, you know, Captain Marvel says, you know, I'm coming to deal with you. I'm coming to deal with all of this. Mm-hmm. And she had mm-hmm. a long time to do that. Did she take care of the Kree Supreme Intelligence by the time Guardians roll around? Because the Kree Empire is clearly calmed down enough to try and make a peace deal with Xandar in the future. So is there no more Supreme Intelligence? They never- yeah. They never mentioned the Supreme Intelligence. Yeah, well, and not only that, but, like, by the time Guardians rolls around, there's, like, like Ronan is, like, the last accuser, apparently. Yeah, like, like, he's, like, the yeah. only one. Yeah. Where in this movie it's shown that, they're like, they're, they're, like, an actual, like, sect of the right. army that, like, do, like, bombing runs and purge planets and stuff. Which is clo- very close to how it is in the comics, and I appreciate yeah. that. Where I'm like, thank you, accuser is a job title, it's not his name. <laughs> no, no, yeah. He is Ronan the Accuser. He could have been Ronan the Fry Cook or Ronan the Janitor, <laughs> but, you know, he got into accusing for a living. <laughs> he he was wasted in this film. He didn't he need was. to be in this film. He like, didn't. It, it it kind of frustrated me as well because before because learning a, he was in the film I was excited because they said like oh we'll find out like the reason that like sent yeah. sent him down this road to become like an extremist we see in Guardians we but didn't get it never 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 even see he's in three scenes two of which are in holograms Hologram. <laughs> exactly and I wondered that too I'm like okay well where did he get radicalized uh, it's, yeah yeah where is that radicalization it's not there <laughs> he 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 was a pretty damn good Cree team player the whole time and he's just like ah yes captain marvel we will clash again 
Maybe that's the sequel there. Maybe it's uh, maybe we're gonna maybe. find it there. Although I hope they don't do that because this this movie sidesteps a lot of these problems, but they're still problems because it is a prequel. <laughs> I don't fear for anyone's life that I already know because yeah. I know they're gonna make it. I I did. I was uh, quite surprised that they didn't kill off Yon Rogue. I, yeah. I thought they were gonna kill him off, but they didn't. No, 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 no. Which same same with Talos. Again, assume, assumedly they're still kicking around out there, which which is good because I hope they become things for future sequels. Maybe wouldn't it be funny? Yon Rog comes back as a villain in a future Captain Marvel movie, but eventually moves into the Marvel role. That's what I yeah I, I thought like maybe like yeah he's gonna try he's gonna like take the Captain Marvel role like try and Ooh. take it from her. Ooh, that'd be fun. that that's that's the sequel. Like, I, right I'll there. be a better because that was like his story throughout yes. the the uh, the the movie like him saying that he is better than her and maybe that that'll be his his way of coming into the sequel and very true to his role in the comic as well he's one of carol's oldest foes who's all pissed off because like ah, human can't have this power ah you know you're you're shaming the kree with this you can't wear that uniform (laughs) which is funny because if they do that then basically he'll just sound like every captain marvel fan (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, I'm surprised there wasn't more of that in the movie. There was a little winking and nudging, like when the biker tells, uh, what is it, Carol yeah. to smile, and she steals his bike, all a Terminator. I thought that was fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Uh, ooh, good soundtrack in this one. You know, lots of lots of good '90s hits in this. I liked the soundtrack. I didn't care much for the score. Mm, it's forgettable, isn't it? Yeah, I uh, going into it, I thought, oh, we're gonna get like, it's gonna be kind of kind of like supermanish like heroic yeah, yeah, yeah. and grand and like space cosmic sort of stuff but never really got to that they, they don't do enough to make it hers to make it her own like yeah. when you watch thor ragnarok it's like whoa this doesn't sound like anything when you watch guardians whoa this doesn't sound like anything even the captain america movies have a very unique very specific mm-hmm. sound captain marvel kind of generic superhero i hope they fix that yeah. in the sequel now that she is who she is yeah yeah hopefully I uh, also, man, you know how many uh, how many superhero movies get a Courtney Love song in there? <laughs> a Courtney Love song and a Nirvana song. Oh, so good, no doubt too. I'm just like, hey, you know, whenever you get no doubt in there, that's that's what it should have sounded like. Captain Marvel's theme should have been ska. It should just be all ska in the movie. <laughs> the world's first ska hero. <laughs> <laughs> she also wears a nine inch nail shirt for the majority of the movie, but we do not get to hear a nine inch nail song. Yes, that's very, very surprising. We also get a, a lot pump. of the a lot of the song choices were surprising. I thought they would go like the easy route, like oh, what were the top ten hits of like the early nineties? Yeah. We'll just use them. They do some deep diving. I like uh, we hear TLC in Fury's car. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> Fury likes TLC. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, again, you know, they, they don't really go as heavy on the 90s nostalgia as I thought they would. It's really just mm. kind of one scene of like, hey, here's Blockbuster, here's Radio Shack. Yeah, after that, it's it's all very subtle stuff. Yeah, it kind of stops. Uh, uh, pagers, Pagers is a big mm-hmm. deal, which actually kind of yeah. works into the story because it's like, yeah, why why when Fury uh, had to call Captain Marvel at the end of Infinity uh, War, why did he page her? This is why. Yeah, because he's got a pager. Because <laughs> he has a pager. That's what they had back then. Uh, ooh, let's talk about the two Stan Lee cameos. They actually open with one, which I which I thought they had screwed up at first. But I'm like, oh no, it's all pictures of Stan Lee from the movie. Isn't that nice? 
Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And then they end it with, thank you, Stan. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. And then when we actually get his cameo in the movie, it's a twofer of nostalgia because he's reading the script for Mallrats, the movie he was <laughs> going to be in around that time. Yeah. You know, apparently they actually reshot that after his death. Like, they sh- they had kept his scene, but, like, apparently Captain Marvel had, like, a, a jokey exchange with him. Oh, really? And they, they-, they cut it to make it seem a bit more... Respectful. Um, yeah, a bit more respectful, where she just, like, smirks at him. Yeah, she just kind of smiles and just kind of moves on, which, yeah, I, I can understand that. Uh, apparently, uh, Kevin Smith was really touched to get to see his Mallrats yeah. script in the movie. Like, he was actually tearing up. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet, actually, because I can tell you love comics and superheroes and to see them reference <laughs> you. Like, if, if they reference the comic multiverse in anything, I yeah, I'd probably cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'd cry and then I'd call everybody, see, look how valid I am. <laughs> I mean, I guess we can talk to characterization of Carol. As I mentioned, she doesn't really become herself until the last five minutes. But uh, I, yeah. I, I like what Larson does with it. She's very dry. She has a very dry delivery. She's quippy like a lot of the other Marvel heroes. But she's a different kind of funny and a different kind yeah. of quippy. Again, it's all, it's all like bone dry. Yeah, she she is she is very funny. Um, I did hope that like I did when when we first met her, she is like arrogant and everything. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping they would play with that a little bit more mm. than they did. Yeah, Since they kind of like hand wave that off and be like, no, she she's kind of like like as soon as like her power thing comes off, she's got a handle on her powers. I was kind of hoping like, oh, she can't really handle them. She's only just getting by. But yeah that doesn't really happen no there's you know there's this it's a thing and i know i've talked about this on other shows the captain marvel character is a hard nut to crack and the comics have been dealing with this a lot mm-hmm. ever since kelly sue DeConnick left who actually hey kelly sue DeConnick gets a cameo in this movie when she gets off the train she's the first woman she sees <laughs> no that's cool oh that's wonderful i love that her, her and matt fraction and their kids uh, went to the uh, premiere and they were all dressed up. I'm like, that's good. If there's one creator cameo in here, it should be Deconic. She's the yeah. one that helped make her a captain. She was the <laughs> one who made her own Captain Marvel merchandise when frickin' uh, Marvel Comics would not. Yeah. If there was one person who deserved it. and uh, But yeah, it's it, again, it's a hard nut to crack in this. I feel a lot of writers in the fact that Captain Marvel has gone through like several writers since Civil War too, and that is we... What is her center... What what is the thing yeah. she wants? What is her raison d'être? And some people, you know, it's father issues. You know, some people, you know, it's you know showing people wrong that she's worth more. And again, no one, no one can quite find that balance anymore. And it's kind of unfortunate. Even me as a fan, like if you ask me, it's like you know, what's Iron Man's character? What's Thor's character? I could tell you right away. With Captain Marvel, I'd have to speak in generalities because it's like it keeps changing. Yeah, and they they kind of like do it all they do in, in this like with like her memories like you can kind of see she's got kind of like dad issues yeah. and, and stuff with like people telling her she's not not good enough and everything yeah, yeah. and yeah they kind of like compact it all together i'm actually surprised they didn't get like the you know uh faster stronger higher thing i'm surprised they didn't actually work that into the movie yeah, I, I, I thought that was actually going to be in the film. Like, that was going to be, like, her, her like, mantra or something. Yeah, or her, like, Superman up, up, and away. Or her with, yeah, like, great yeah. power comes great responsibility. And even that, that's kind of become a thing after the fact, where it's like, you know, that's her credo. <laughs> that's kind of like a thing fans have adopted and everything. Hey, maybe the sequel. Yeah, yeah. Because there's going to be sequels, no doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, some fun stuff. Ooh, ooh, we we didn't talk about the Rambo's. I I like little kid Monica Rambo. She's adorable and precocious. They were they were both in it just enough, like especially yeah. um, Maria, who's kind of like the the linchpin for like Carol, sort of figuring out who she who is she and everything. Is, yeah, yeah. That they go there for a big exposition meeting. I uh, I, yeah. I like the kid because it's like <laughs> you're going to grow up to be Spectrum and you're going to run an Avengers team and then everyone's going to forget about you, but you're going to be on the Exiles. <laughs> <laughs> or no, sorry, Next Wave. You're going to be on Next Wave though, and that'll be a cult favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like too it's the little kid that helps her find the colors for her costume so she picks the brightest most primary most superhero-y colors i like that and i also like that during that they went through like all the different like ones that she's had or like uh, captain marvel has had b- black and gold bunch of rainbows yeah. red over gold i gotta tell you though that black and gold one looked pretty fucking it, awesome. it looked pretty goddamn sick and it's like look i, I like the classic can, can you go back though <laughs> that one's pretty good I did like it, like at the start when they went on that Star Force mission. Her, the suit does change into black. It was yeah. it's kind of hard to see. It, like all the space stuff was kind of hard to see because it was really dark. Mm. But yeah, they they actually did like change it into like like a dark camo, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, we're going stealth mode. Mm. Also, too, uh, Dijon Houston was back as Tanalath the Pursuer for a minute. Yeah, yeah, Korath. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was in it for like a hot minute, and again, like nothing really like set him no. up to be the character he is, and like no yeah. connection to Ronan that he has in that movie. No, but, I was yeah. waiting for these. Just he just happened to be there, and when Ronan left the office, he left with him. It's like, yeah, screw this job, I, I quit too. I would, I would like if the sequel picks up not long after this, he's he, he becomes Korath the Pursuer, yeah. and like goes after like that's how he gets his name, goes after Carol, yeah, and then like that's just like the theme throughout the movie. He just keeps getting his ass handed to him by keeps Carol, pursuing, like it just yeah. keeps happening. <laughs> That'd be fun. Who, uh, again, I surprised uh, they didn't work in his big meme there too. Who? Because <laughs> that's that's great. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he's apparently a super nice dude in real life and he was really happy to be in that movie just to play a super person for his kids even if he just had a small part that's cool a, a, a lot of the Star Force people were like people from the comics as well like mm. Minerva yeah. and everything who, 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 uh, I like the way like like her character goes out because it's very Independence Day they're like chasing her through like the the catacombs and everything yeah, yeah. In, in the canyons and stuff that was pretty cool there's a, e- even when carol is dragging a yon rog through the desert i also thought independence day as well <laughs> yeah, welcome to earth <laughs> welcome to earth motherfucker <laughs> punch <laughs> i like that too in their big final battle you know yon rog goes full super villain it's like yes and now prove your worth by fighting me hand to hand no I don't need to prove anything. Yeah, why would I ever fight you hand-to-hand? Not to hand? you. Yeah, how <laughs> stupid is that? that? That was very Iron Man to me. That's like, well, no. Yeah, yeah, Iron Man would totally do something like that. Yeah, why Why would I do that? Uh, ooh, speaking of Iron Man, too, we get uh, we, we, we get our big post-credit scene there where we pick up basically right during uh, Avengers Endgame. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like uh, that one scene from Civil War that was at the end of... Uh, I can't remember which I think it might have been Ant Man. Where like um yeah, it's it's a scene from from Endgame. Undoubtedly. And yeah, yeah it was pr- pretty pretty cool. Yeah. It's nice. to see Captain Marvel arrive on Earth. Yeah, which is pretty great. It's like, hey, sup. <laughs> and she has a new costume too. It's not the one yeah. from the film. It's like a bit more silvery and gold. Which I appreciate because time has passed. Obviously she would have to update it. Yeah, and it, it makes me intrigued to 
find out whether they mention the scrolls or anything after yeah. that because like obviously at the end of this film she goes off with the scrolls to help find them mm-hmm. like a new home planet and i'm wondering if like maybe like i'm wondering if maybe this could lead to like a secret invasion sort of thing because yeah. this was only one small piece Group, of yeah. the scroll they could always be like scrolls who have turned extremist or something yeah my thing is i'm like okay sure talos was the good one but that yeah. means somewhere out in the universe, there's the Scroll Queen and the Super Scroll and all yeah. the all the dickhead scrolls. Yeah, th- and that that's that'd be like something you could explore in like Fantastic Four films. Yeah, now that we can do those. Yeah, and we can do Super Scrolls and stuff like that. I would like that very much. Again, that could be a sequel too. Just Captain Marvel helping the Scrolls rebuild their planet. All the Scrolls start coming there, and then you meet the dickhead Scrolls. I kind of feel maybe that might be where they go with the sequel because I imagine the sequel has to pick up like not long after that they leave and it it makes me want to know to the movie's credit I'm like all right well then what happened yeah exactly it hooks you in for that next part which again that sounds like more of a cosmic movie because I'm like hey if we're jumping forward in time can we get like early 2000s <laughs> references to <laughs> just, just just you know a uh, blast in new metal and limp biscuit <laughs> in space hey it's the new thing fred durst he's rolling 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 <laughs> smash mouth yeah shrek all of those stuff <laughs> might as well be walking on the sun and then captain marvel walks on the sun <laughs> see it writes itself <laughs> maybe let's not do that maybe let's skip that decade. yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, er- that was a dark time for everyone. <laughs> we say dark, but it was actually incredibly optimistic because it was like post Columbine, pre nine eleven. Everyone was super <laughs> happy and jazzed about everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you go back and you watch movies from the early two thousand. It's like, wow, no one had a care in the world in the new millennium, did they? <laughs> hey, we beat Y two K, everyone. Everything's coming up, Millhouse. <laughs> but yeah, Captain Marvel, fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, it did have some problems. It wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but uh, I definitely enjoyed it, and I definitely can't wait to see this character join the rest of the team. Yeah, it did what it was meant to do, and yeah, I'm very much looking forward to now that we actually have Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, what she'll be like in Avengers Endgame, and how and how the the Russos will handle her. Yeah, uh, here's a question too. I saw this posed online, and I figured this would be a good way to end the conversation. Somebody said that you know this story might actually have been a little bit more impactful if they stripped out the gimmick of kind of telling it all out of order. If they had told this story in chronological order, do you think it would have been stronger? It definitely would have been a little bit more formulaic. That's for sure. I don't know if it makes it better or worse. I personally don't think. It would have made it better or worse if they changed the how it was arranged you know it i'm not too sure may, maybe but what i would be really interested to see if someone actually does a cut of that when it comes uh, out of blu-ray like cuts a ball into uh semi like coherent like one scene after the other it takes place in timeline wise i would think be very interesting I, I actually yeah. think you could do that of course stripping out the gimmick you lose the twist, and that is, hey, the Skrulls are actually the good guys, and the Kree are actually the bad guys, which is clearly where they really wanted to go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it could work. It could. It'd be very interesting to see. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's your challenge, everyone. Fan cut Captain Marvel when it comes out on <laughs> DVD to have it go in chronological order. <laughs> I I promise you, it won't be the dumbest fan editing project. You you know what? I think it would make it more like a a phase one film yeah i think it really would 
which hey if they can if they can do a whole big kickstarter to get rid of that rat at the end of the departed surely some obsessed individual can cut this into chronological yeah. uh, order. that got canceled because warner brothers like stepped in <laughs> as they should have <laughs> god i remember even like later simpsons made fun of that with like the rat represents deceit yeah <laughs> I, I i get it it was a movie all about rats i don't love the departed though Depart- departed might be one of my least favorite uh, scorsese movies yeah, because of the rat nah, <laughs> you know, all be- the rats fault <laughs> if you saw the cut without the rat you would give it, it a 10 fine. out of 10 <laughs> i thought it was a little long and a little overly self-indulgent i think he needed yes. another editor on that one yes yes i i say it's long and overindulgent but then it's like but wait aren't the korean movies these are based on aren't there like three of those infernal affairs movies that he like stuffed down to like three hours oh yeah well not only that each of those films is like three hours long ah there you go so basically we're watching a k-drama that we got turned down to a little bit (laughs) but jack nicholson's fun though yeah yeah remember remember when he was being racist to those triad guys that was pretty fun it's like you ever be in a situation like that where someone says something so horribly racist and you're standing next to them and you just want to walk away a little bit like they're just slightly back out of frame they are going to kick your ass and they'll be right too uh but yes everyone that was captain marvel spoiler talk i hope you enjoyed this episode but wait I hope you stick around, too, because we're doing something brand new, something different, something mm. I've talked about doing on the Comic Multiverse for a while. We're seeing the return of interview segments, of spotlight segments. I used to do these a lot back when we worked over at Name Redacted, but now they're coming back. So if you stick around, when Matt and I are done talking, you will get a cool new interview segment that I did with Ashley V. Robinson, who, of course, you may very well remember from uh, her work over at Collider and uh dc all access and all that stuff she's uh she's got a brand new canadian kickstarter project she's talking about but uh, we talk about way more than just that we talk about being geeks growing up in canada and how even though we run in the same circles and know the same people this is the first time we're actually talking how about that in fact i think i think i'm wearing the same shirt in that too just for continuity (laughs) i gotta get that continuity my beard will be shorter but my shirt will be the same that's okay i can just put like cgi mustache on you <laughs> just digitally it'll look seamless it'll look seamless just i mean look you, you got the uh henry cavill technology so we're good yeah i actually got the same guys you know to do that he was <laughs> surprisingly he was surprisingly affordable <laughs> you wouldn't think so but he was but uh yes thank you everyone for watching and listening we hope you enjoyed the show as always if you are a patron you will get to listen to this episode first before anyone else over on uh, the Patreon page. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Everyone else comes out, uh, the show comes out Wednesday at 8 a.m. on YouTube, and then the following Thursday when I remember to upload it in audio form. We're getting a lot of good listens and downloads, both on iTunes and SoundCloud, and I really appreciate that. Uh, also, check out our Public store, which I will also put down in the description so you can remember to go do that. And, uh, yeah, that's... Did, uh, am I done housekeeping, Matt? Have I kept all the house? I think so. I think you've kept all of the house in keeping. There you go. That's that's what I wanted to do. So thank you everyone for watching. Matt and I will be back again next week. And with that, hey, let's let's go to the interview.